Instacart shoppers know groceries. They know that you can't make guacamole with rock-hard avocados. They know how to quickly find those peanut butter pretzels you can never find. And they keep you in the know by giving you updates about your order along the way. Let Instacart shoppers help take shopping off your plate so you can get time and energy back for what really matters. Visit instacart.com or download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum order $10. Additional terms apply. Instacart. Add life to cart. Welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Krabby Christian, a Misfit Media Network production. I am your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat, pop in your headphones and tune out your kids, and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. Tasha, hey, welcome to Confessions of a Crappy Christian. Well, I'm happy to be here. I was telling you before we started recording that your song, It's Gonna Be Okay or Into the Sea, is my children's favorite. Yes, I am so excited about all the videos that parents send me of their kids singing that song on the way to school. And, you know, years from now, we're going to look back about all the songs that are sticking in our heads and be really happy that our kids are singing positive music. I love that. Did that song come out in 2020? It did. It came out, I think, right before the pandemic hit or right after it hit. I can't remember because I was having a baby during that time. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I had Lila, our littlest, February of 2020. And the week after I had her, kind of the whole world shut down. And so I was, you know, in newborn land and which, as you know, as a mom is crazy. So I really honestly don't remember when it came out, but I know it was 2020. Well, I mean, that alone feels like divine timing that a song that's like, it's going to be okay, comes out when it's like not. (laughs) It's crazy because we wrote that song back in the fall of the previous year before any of this happened. And we all woke up, the whole team woke up one morning and said, we're supposed to release this now. Because once you decide to release a song, you actually have to wait a hot second before it actually comes out. Like you have to wait until it hits play mp3 and all the platforms and it takes a while to process through the system and so we woke up my manager my husband me the label we all woke up that morning and knew that we were supposed to put it out dang that's crazy that's just the lord like it's so cool how he works like that yeah absolutely well your book which is also named after a song correct yeah uh look what you've done right look what you've done and Look What You've Done was the follow-up single to Into the Sea, and I really just wanted to write a song that was my life's testimony in a song. And Mm. so when we wrote Look What You've Done, it was honestly like the outpouring of people who heard the song Mm. was crazy. And, you know, recovery groups, halfway houses, jails. I mean, like, I just, I had so many people reaching out about the song and, and I thought, you know what? I think this is really an anthem for a lot of people, and it's kind of my anthem too. And uh, years ago, I had started writing a book and put it on hold to write a different book. Mm. And once that book was done, 
I thought, you know what? I think I want to revisit this. And the single had come out and I thought, you know what? Everything I've written so far kind of fits within this theme of what God's done in my life. And so I kind of sifted through all my stuff and word, my Word documents. And I was like, whoa, I have 40,000 words. Let me turn this in and see what we can do with this. And so that's how, kind of how it all happened. That's so great. I mean, people work their whole lives to write a book. And you were like, oh, wait, I have this book yeah. that I wrote. <laughs> let's, let's do this one. I had people throughout the years just kind of say like, hey, have you ever considered writing down some of these stories from your life? you know, even just for posterity and for your grandkids to read. And I thought, you know what, that's a great idea. Just so that I don't get old and senile and forget everything. And so I was like, okay, I'm just going to start writing this stuff down. And if it comes of anything, that's fine. But if it doesn't, no pressure. And so I started writing and then I just kept writing. And then, like I said, after after I finished that other book, I was like, you know what, I'm going to revisit that. I'm going to go back. And what I had there was more than I thought. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, so I want to go back a little bit. I love that all of your media and everything just casually tosses in that you toured with Katy Perry. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) You know, sometimes I get, you know, some negative from people over that. Oh my gosh. I did when I toured with her too. Like when I took the job with Katy, I had a lot of youth pastors reach out and say, how could you have spoken to our youth group? How could you have led worship for our youth group? And now you're singing wow. those lyrics and for her. And the only explanation I had, which I took a, a great deal of time to sort of respond to all of them individually. And I just said, you know what? I can't explain this other than I feel a grace to do it. Mm-hmm. And I feel the Lord leading me there. I've always felt an evangelistic call in my life. And you can't season anything with salt if the salt is left in the salt shaker. And so. Oh. I was like, I can't stay within the four walls of the church and reach the people that I feel God has called me to reach. And so, and by the end of that all, youth pastors, the same youth pastors were asking me for tickets. So, um, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that was pretty, pretty funny to, to come full circle. And then, you know, even recently I posted something about touring with Katie and sort of a full circle moment because I've just recently finished the Hits Deep tour with Toby Mac. And mm-hmm. at one of the venues, I think it was Tulsa, they have this thing on the wall where they have all the names of the artists who have played in that venue. And Katie's on there multiple times. And two of the times that she went there, I was there. And so I took a picture and I talked about how I was so grateful for those years. And then also grateful for the season I'm in now and how life looks so differently than it did then. And so, man, I got some harsh comments from that. Um, And I think, you know, ultimately, Jesus didn't make himself any reputation. He hung out with tax collectors. He hung out with sinners. He spoke with people he probably shouldn't have been speaking with, according to custom and his religion, really. And so can't live in that place of fear of man and what people will think. I have to live in the place of the fear of the Lord Amen. because that's the beginning of wisdom. And that's the place where love is going to break through. And love is so powerful. I think we underestimate God's love. Uh, We really do. We underestimate how powerful just loving someone is. And I want to reserve judgment towards someone in any case, but especially in the case of 
me having never met them or just reading articles about them. I think it's a really dangerous place we're living in right now uh, with judging people before we've seen any of their fruit. Well, and judging people and your assessment of them, meaning you keep them at arm's length or that you stay away from them or that you don't associate with them. Like, like you hit the nail on the head with salt can't flavor if it stays in the shaker. Like, yeah, yes, there is a, there's a level of responsibility, I believe on the part of the Christian to not put yourself in situations where you're going to end up backsliding into whatever life these people are are living and that takes wisdom and discernment to like know your own issues and your own struggles but if you feel a call on your life to step into a situation that classic christianity is going to disapprove of honestly that looks more like jesus than staying out of it the one group of people that jesus did have judgment for Mm -hmm. was the religious Yep. It was the people who were self-righteous and believed that they knew better than God, that they knew the motivation of people, that they knew people's heart, that they could accurately judge people's fruit. Because there's lots of fruit that we can't judge. You can't see everything about someone's life. And, you know, I, I think it's just a matter of loving people in a way that you would feel proud of at the end of your life. Mm. and. I think I have to stay in that place of not worrying about what people are going to think. And it's hard. It's really tough because I'm a Christian artist and musician. And I think, you know, people have a lot of opinions about public figures. And that's part of what I witnessed with Katie was how detrimental being known is on a grand scale. And there's a reason Paul says you can gain the whole world and lose your soul. And I'm really thankful that when I was searching, when I was unsure of what I believed that people didn't give up on me. And I think a lot of people within the church did give up on me, but there were a handful of folks who didn't. And thank God for those people. Thank God that they look like Jesus. Thank God that they went after the one sheep like Jesus. And I'm so thankful they didn't give up on me. So I'm not going to give up on those people either. And it doesn't mean that I'm I'm going to go doing everything they're doing. Right. You know, I have boundaries. I have all that. But Man, thank you, Lord, for the people who didn't give up on me. Right. Amen. I mean, same. And you're you're alluding to, I mean, you you had quite a search, I would say, before you stepped into life with Christ. You explored other religions and other yes. you know, ways of life. Tell me about that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I grew up in the church and I, I was there every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night. <laughs> you know, I yeah. mean, we were yeah. in church, but then I hit an age and was really wounded in the church and was wounded so badly that I just felt so disillusioned. And I was like, I I can't reconcile what I'm experiencing with what I read about in the gospel. I'm like, we're supposed to be a certain way and loving and accepting and, and encouraging one another and all this. And man, the pain I'm feeling right now from even church leaders and the spiritual abuse that's happening in this place. It was a very toxic environment. And so I couldn't reconcile all of that. And so I I left the church and I went searching and I studied Buddhism and went to meditation camp and synagogue and mosque. And I studied mysticism in Europe for two summers during college. And I, I just, I really needed to know that I believed what I believed because I believed it, not because someone had told me. Because, mm-hmm. you know, growing up in the Bible Belt, I mean, it's a it's a social thing to go to church too. Right. There's a social pressure to 
go to church and act a certain way. There's a lot of shoulds and a lot of shouldn'ts. Mm -hmm. And I think I was living within that system and just needed to have a really personal experience and know that I believed what I believed because I believed it. And so I was also really hurting. It wasn't that it wasn't this intellectual pursuit that I was like high and mighty. Oh my gosh, I need to know this. Yeah. It was I am hurting and I need truth and help and I'm not getting it in the church right now. And so I'm going to look elsewhere. And so that's where I was and at the end of all that searching, I think God did a couple of things. I think he opened my mind up to the fact that God works in a lot of different ways. Now, I'm not really alluding to universalism right now. I'm not saying that Jesus isn't the way. I'm more saying that God will use anything to bring someone to him. Absolutely. And along the way, I met lots of people in different religions where I could tell from my Christian background and from my history with Jesus that he was wooing them. Mm. And, you know, the Bible says all of creation groans and awaits for him. And I think that God is using all kinds of things to woo. Will he use the ways of the wicked? Will he use the things the enemy meant for evil and turn it for good? Absolutely. And so I think people in all kinds of different religions are slowly inching their way towards Jesus moment after moment that they experience love and truth. I think they're coming closer to him because he is the way and the truth and the life. And I think at the end of the day, I realized that in all those other religions I was experiencing, the thing that was missing was true power. Mm. Jesus has a power to, I mean, obviously God created the world with a word and Jesus could have come off that cross if he had decided he was fully God and fully man. But there is a power that I experienced in Christianity that no other religion had. Yeah, It was a true power to transform. It was a true power to provide peace that passed our understanding. And I can't explain it any other way than that, that that I knew that there was power in Christianity and I wasn't experiencing power in anything else. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Some places take you away. Some bring you together. Marathon does both. Marathon is Florida's family key with something for everyone. You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com marathon. I think that's so impactful because that was going to be my next question. Like, okay, what was missing? Because I, same as you, like grew up in the Bible Belt, but, and I would say I dabbled in some mysticism, new age, kind of same as you, like very wounded by the church. The worst pain I've probably experienced in my life has been at the hands of people who worship the same God as I do. Yeah. And 
when you start looking to the church over Jesus, when you're looking at creation over creator, you can get very disillusioned and yeah. your pain kind of becomes like identity. It, you start to identify with these things that people have done to you and then you turn away. And so I kind of did a very similar thing, kind of like this like mini deconstruction. And like you said, God can use anything and everything. And what I ultimately discovered was there is a very direct pipeline mm. between like new ageism, especially I have found in like mysticism and Christianity. And I think you hit the nail, like it's the lack of power. Yeah. And also that it, that so much of it is dependent on you, right? Like manifestation yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Like that's exhausting believing that you have to make it happen. Yeah. Well, what's beautiful about Christianity, what's beautiful about the gospel is that Jesus is in pursuit of us. Mm. We don't have to strive, like you said, to reach enlightenment, to yeah. to reach nothingness, to reach God. He came down to us, Emmanuel, God with us. He made that first move. And in, in Psalms, it says, David says, there's nowhere I can flee from your spirit. There's nowhere I can go from your presence. I think Jesus coming to us Thank God it's not all up to us. Right. Thank God it's not all up to you to strive and try to reach him or be good enough or any of that. And I, I think when we get down to brass tacks, it's like we have a savior, mm-hmm. a true savior. Mm-hmm. We don't have a Buddha or a Muhammad or a prophet or anything like that. We have a savior. And that is powerful. Right. Exactly. And that's what's missing, like you were saying, in all of those other aspects. And so I agree with you there. There's actually this girl on Instagram that I have loved for forever. I've followed her since like 2019 and she's always been very new age and pretty, you know, like into all of that. And that was fine. I like to learn from people that I disagree with, but I've gotten to just very slowly watch her have her curiosity peaked about Jesus. And then, you know, and so you spend the whole time going, oh, please don't let the Christians mess this up. Like, please don't let the Christians like be mean and like push her away from it. Cause you're so glad. And then she got it. And it was so funny. Cause she was like reflecting one day and she was like, I went from saying this and like making fun of Christians to having a Bible verse in my bio. And like only God can do that. That's the power that you're talking about, that he can draw you from something that's essentially drawing you away from him and use it to like pull you into his orbit. Only God can do that. Only God. And you know, there are pieces of truth in lies. Right. I think uh, that's the biggest thing is like all of these other religions, there were things that I saw about them that looked really attractive and were in the Bible. I mean, there are parts of the Quran and there are parts of other religious writings that that sound like the Bible. And it makes you think, oh, well, this, but that's part of the deception of it all is that they don't have the whole. Mm-hmm. They have a piece of it. They have the piece of the truth, but they don't have the truth. The truth is Jesus. There's no my truth, your truth, whatever. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And it's <laughs> it's really damaging our society to, to have this idea of your truth and my truth. Yeah. There's only one truth. Only one thing could have happened that is true. Yeah. It's just our interpretations of those things. But Jesus is the truth. And there's a difference when he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, there's a freedom that comes when you know the truth. And he even says that in scripture, you know, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Like mm-hmm. when you know truth, meaning him, it really does set you free. And I think, you know, I had grown up in the church my whole life. 
I knew scripture. I'd gone to seminary. I was a pastor. I was a worship leader. I had received counsel from people. I had given counsel to people, and I still didn't feel free. And this was years after my suicide attempt. This is years after my meltdown in my teens. And I was still living through the lenses of lies from my childhood. Yeah. And scripture says the enemy is the father of lies. He can't really overpower you because we're made in the image of God. He's not. He's not powerful enough to take you out. Right. But if he can get you to believe a lie, mm-hmm. you'll just self-destruct. And I think I was self-destructing little by little over time based on lies. And it wasn't until I heard truth straight from the horse's mouth, so to speak. I did some inner healing prayer and I listened for what God had to say about some things. And when I heard the truth from him, from the truth, that's when it really changed my life. That's when it really provided freedom. I think I, people had told me truth my whole life mm. or said positive things. I'd read positive things, read truth my whole life. But it wasn't until I heard it straight from the truth, straight from the horse's mouth. What did some of those lies look like in your life? I'm not good enough. I'm not worth getting to know. I am less than. I'm weak. I'm blah, blah, blah. You just name your own list. Like put your own <laughs> lies in that list and and all of humanity. I think we struggle with all kinds of lies all the time. But they came in through subtle ways, like through childhood, you know, getting bullied at school or something embarrassing happening. And then I was so afraid or embarrassed. I, I made a vow to myself, oh, I'll never do that again. Or mm. I'll create a self that wouldn't be rejected. And it wasn't until I was sitting on a counselor's couch at 30 years old, realizing, oh, wow, this is impacting me in ways that I didn't even know. Yeah. And it wasn't until, you know, I went back to those places in my imagination and in prayer because because God was there, you know, he stands outside of time because he created time. So because he was there when it happened, he's also there still now. I mean, it's a trippy thing to think about, but God is not bound by our timeline. He's not bound by gravity. He's not bound by the same rules we are. And so I allowed the Holy Spirit to take me back to that place in my mind and say, God, where were you when that happened? Show me where you were in the room. And this is what I was feeling. What do you want to say to me back? What do you want to tell me right now? And in those moments, it was like I had completely fresh eyes on the situation. It was like, oh, this wasn't exactly like a trauma. This didn't happen exactly like I thought. Yeah. And even, even so, something happened that hurt me, but I don't have to take the same message from it that I took back then. I can take a new message. I can say, God, you were there. You made me just the way you wanted me. You think that I am so worth getting to know and you love me. And and when I experienced his love in those moments and that truth overpowering that lie, it changed everything about me. Like I was smiling at strangers and airports. I was like, I was offering to do things for people. I mean, I was, because when you feel differently about yourself and you know your value to God, all of a sudden you treat people differently because you see their value. Well, and knowing your value in God stands so directly in contradiction to the lies that the enemy tries to tell us. Yeah, because he's trying to tear you down. Right. And disable you. Like my my big one is that like I'm a failure, that I'm failing mm-hmm. at everything, that everything I do is a, is a mistake and a mess up. And I had a, a very similar situation. And 
therapy kind of, I, I, mine came through the voice of my therapist going, so I, what I'm hearing is that you, you really think you're strong enough to like mess up what God puts in front of you. Mm. I was like, Oh, wow. Yeah, I think I do. (laughs) And that's, wow. Yeah. Like your the, whatever your lie is, like whoever the people that are listening, whatever your lie is, there is a direct contradiction that is the truth of scripture and of what God thinks of you and what he considers you worth because you're worth what you were paid for and you were paid for with his son. So how can you be unworthy? How can you be not good enough? How can you be a failure? Like his power is greater than all of that. What I think is beautiful is like when God was creating the world, when he got to humanity, he said everything else was good. And in Hebrew, it tov. But then when he got to creating humanity, he said tov meod. It's very good. Mm-hmm. And he, he said, we are the crown of his creation. And I think one of the things that someone did for me a long time ago was stand me outside and have me look at a sunset because I I love sunsets. I love being outside. I I feel God's presence. I think it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And that person said, look at how beautiful and grandiose that that sunset is. God thinks you are more special than that. He thinks you are more beautiful than that. You are the crown of his creation. And I, I can't say I believed it when they said that to me, but I truly believe that now that that we are his crown of creation and we're so beautiful to him and valuable and it changes the way you live. It changes the way you walk and talk when you know how he feels about you. Well, and it makes you dangerous. Oh, yeah. That's my favorite part. Like that makes you so dangerous for the kingdom. Yeah, because you're not you're not held back. I rarely feel held back anymore by fear mm-hmm. or comparison or anything like that because I I know what he thinks of me. And so I'm like, man, I don't have to be scared. I don't have to be worried. He adores me. He's got my back. He's mm-hmm. going before me, scripture says. He's coming in behind me. He's all around me. He lives within me. Like he's got me. I don't have to be scared to step out in faith. What's crazy is how easily we extend that to other people. Like I can look at the people that I love in my life and see them for who God made them and see their their like little quirks and isms as ways that God made them, you know, wonderfully and uniquely. But when you start shining that same light on yourself, like everything changes. I think a lot of people out there can extend that to other people but not to themselves. And then once you extend it to yourself, then it just amplifies the light that you're shining on other people. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting though, too, is like, yes, growing up, I could see how God was working in someone else's life or God, you would do it for them, but maybe not for me and all that. But now looking back, was I truly encouraging them? Mm -hmm. Was, did I have a spirit of judgmentalism in my heart or negativity or maybe even under the guise of discernment Mm. towards other people because I didn't truly know and believe that for myself because I did see a shift in myself and the way I saw other people when I had those lies dispelled in my own life. Yeah. I truly began to far less judge people because we just want to sit in the seat of judge, jury, Mm. 
<laughs> prosecutor, defendant, like we want to sit in every seat and just be the one who decides what's what. Right. And that's really not up to us. We don't even have it in us to correctly discern what is happening at most times. And so <laughs> I just think uh, I didn't even know how dumb I was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know. And then uh, when I start to believe and truly know how God felt about me, maybe I didn't even believe for other people fully. Maybe I wasn't even there completely. But I know what you're saying, because I think that question comes into our head so many times. We think, God, you could do it for them, but not for me. Yeah. I believe good things for them. I believe you could heal them. I believe you could help them to walk in their calling. I believe you could help them be happy or not depressed or or anything like that, but not for me. I think we have that a lot. Yeah. And that's doubt. Like, again, it goes back to what I was saying that my therapist said for me. You really think you're so, quote, whatever it is, bad or unworthy that I can't, like, my power isn't enough for you. It, it really comes down to like a doubt of what God is capable of. Yeah. Which is, that's hard to like reconcile. That's very humbling when you realize you're like, oh, this is pride. Okay. Like, oh, ouch. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, I'm so thankful for your story and for everything that you're doing. Tell people where they can find, follow you, keep up with you online. Yeah. Any social will just be at Tasha Layton with an A. <laughs> T-A-S-H-A. <laughs> and then my website is TashaLayton.com. If you go to those two places, you'll be able to find anything. And music is streaming on all platforms and the book. I think we've got an audio book out now. And you can get any of the books on, you know, the normal places you go to buy books. Yeah. I'll, well, and I'll tell you, we have we have lots of your music on our our carpool playlist. So definitely recommend. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. All right. That's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right. See you next week. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.